0: Sunflower Podcast is your go-to podcast for entrepreneurship and business strategy. This is the Sunflower Podcast. Welcome back to Sunflower Podcast. Uh, I'm Andrew Olson here with co-host Rob Ryan. And um, we're, we're glad you're, you're here with us today. Um, in our last episode, Rob, we really focused on ideation, the decision matrix, picking criteria, learning more about criteria. And all that accumulated into forming a hypothesis of what we think um, the best products and services for our company to offer would be. The next step in Sunflower is going to prove the hypothesis in the walkabout. So what is you know, a Rob Ryan-style walkabout?
1: So walkabout is actually, I think, a phrase that comes from our friends, the Aussies. You know, to walk walkabout in there. They're desert land, land uh, which is a massive country. I can't imagine doing the walkabout at 120 degree heat. But my idea of a walkabout is you're actually uh, targeting uh, prospects. Uh, these are accounts that are potentially accounts if you had a product, but you don't have a product. Remember, you have a hypothesis. Uh, But you're targeting those, and it could be a whole class. So for example, with us, our number one ranked hypothesis was the internet infrastructure. So who were the targets? Well, the targets could be all the major telephone companies at that time. That was in the 90s. It could be all the emerging uh, internet service providers, which at the time had about 300 They had a little yellow pages, so I knew it was around 300 because you can look up in the yellow pages, all of the internet service providers. We targeted the internet service providers. So that was actually a big decision. If we had chosen to target the telephone companies, we'd have fallen flat on our face because they do not act very quickly, and it's really very hard to figure out who to talk to in a really big company but by targeting the smaller internet service providers, we had a chance to have a meeting. So what kind of walkabout did Rob do? Well, Rob likes face-to-face meetings. So this is pre-COVID. So in the the era of COVID, face-to-face has gone the way of the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Um, However, I believe we will eventually come out of the COVID uh, world. And I would encourage people to do walkabouts where you're actually seeing people face to face. And by face to face, I don't mean Zoom to Zoom. I mean face to face. Because when you're sitting in front of somebody, you know, having, you're meeting him in a, a little restaurant for coffee or you're meeting him at his office. Uh, It's a very different vibe. Uh, And the amount of time you get and the interactions you get is very, very different. But today, it would be a Zoom call and then uh, a phone call. We targeted the 300 ISPs. We took the team that was inside the Sunfoam model process and we divided the 300 amongst us. So that meant like each of us had 50. Wow, that's a lot. Um, and each of the members of the team you know, had a day job, didn't they? They had you know, engineering they were running or manufacturing they were running. So what did that mean? What it meant is that each of the members of the team were pretty active in travel. Even my engineering person was very active in travel. When, whenever they were traveling, they were going to see ISPs, internet service providers, in that region. And even if it was on my list, it didn't matter. You know, then I would take some of you know, that person's. We were always seeing ISPs while we were doing the day, the day jobs. So that process took several months. And before we went out to just randomly go out and, quote, see, there's a couple of things that had to happen the first thing had to happen is we had to get a meeting. Um, That's not easy. So we had a a little bit of an art to calling late in the day, just about when the secretary is either leaving or about to leave, but pretty much it's the end of the day. And then we would introduce ourselves and say, I'm Rob Ryan, I'm co-founder of of Ascend and, and its CEO. Uh, I just would like a few minutes with Andrew Olson, uh, the CEO of uh, Smart Nuts, um, and all I want to do, and the secretary would say, for what? And I'd say, all I want to do is spend a few minutes with them, not because I'm selling anything, because I absolutely am not selling anything, but I'm interested in understanding their needs and their concerns and their requirements Regarding the the internet that they're running, um, and and they would say, well, how much how much time would that take? And I'd say, would well, it be about fifteen minutes? And we we happened to be in your city, which was Podunk, you in, in Indianapolis, you know, in about a week's time. Of course, we weren't going to be in the cities. It was a little tiny fib. But we're we're setting up these meetings, right? And we want to be face-to-face. So we already targeted like seven people in Podunk, uh, you know, internet providers in that, in that region. And in general, we had a very good hit rate. In general, we'd probably get in 80% of the time. They'd say, oh, okay, well, come over anytime in the afternoon and, you know, I'll get you in. Uh, or come in at, you know, 4.30, some specific time. So, you know, check mark on the first part, getting in. The second part is before we went in, any of us went in, we actually had a meeting concerning what questions we were going to ask. And we came up as a team with three or four questions uh, we were going to ask. For example, one question was, what keeps you up at night with respect to your business? Uh, What are you concerned about in an extinction event? with respect to your business. And another question would be, what thing could turn that around uh, for you? So we had a list of three or four questions. Each of the team members had the same list. They were instructed to not ask a zillion questions. They were instructed to do a lot of listening and try to get answers for these three or four. But keep your ears open because customers start telling you all sorts of good stuff. Uh, one of our questions, for example, was with respect to competitors. We said, gee, um, Cisco and Alcatel and all these guys are really big companies. Haven't they been in to talk to you and solve all your problems? And we'd get an earful on that one, by the way. And once we got an earful on that, we realized that They had been in, but they weren't satisfying anybody. Nobody was happy with them, Uh, nor did they have the understanding of the technology. So all of a sudden, that criteria called competition, we were looking really good uh, against the competition in terms of knowledge, anyhow.
0: Uh, You had about 300 ISPs that you talked to. Yeah, are these you know? Did you just look them up in the yellow pages? I mean, you don't have the internet to Google these people, so I, I imagine was it difficult to track? You know, enough uh, customers I- down to talk to.
1: Actually, it was pretty easy because the yellow pages gave us the phone numbers and um, a whole list of the ISPs throughout the country. Uh, so there were names like Surfnet, Barnet. I mean. You wouldn't, you don't even PSI net, UU net, some of which you might recognize, most of which you would not recognize. Um, and they were all over from California, you know, to the high-tech centers in Boston to the Austin high-tech area to out in the hinterland, all over the place. And they had generally the founder's name and a phone number, which is all we needed, right? So what we tried to do is orchestrate it from a travel perspective that we were going to stay in this region and try to hit five or six in this region. And while we we're in that region, we were going to go talk to some of our video customers right? that we're still running a business you know, in, in that region as well. And this took about months and months to process. Uh, and we would get together every month to see where it was going. and we clearly were excited because the answers we were getting is the internet was in deep trouble. How deep do you say this was the 90s? Very deep, extinction deep, blackout deep. They were half of them bankrupt, going out of business. The others not bankrupt were being sued by attorney generals in their state. Like AOL was the largest at that time. They were being sued by 18 Attorney Generals for failure to deliver the service uh, that they, and basically all of the internet providers were caught between this quandary of, if we put enough boxes and equipment and everything into the POPs, we would also have to guess what type of boxes to put in there, You know, what protocols they spoke, and were they uh, analog boxes or modem boxes or digital boxes. And then after doing all of that, their cost structure was such that they would have to raise the rates, monthly rates really high, but they couldn't, they were actually prevented from raising the the rates higher than uh, voice call rates. Um, So they were trapped. And so to get around the trap, like good clever entrepreneurs that they were, they would actually sell a hundred tickets to the restaurant where there were only you know, two tables. Two tables. 100 people had tickets to come in you know, to, the, to the restaurant for their dinner, but only two tables. Well, what did that mean? And that meant 98 people were gonna get upset at some point in time in life, right? And that's a 50 to one uh, excess blocking ratio, if you will. And that's what they were doing. Um, so they got enough money in, but now they had people that are really pissed. <laughs> so they couldn't win either way, right? If they did it the way they should have been doing it, they go out of business. If they do it the other way, everybody's pissed, and they go out of business. Um, so that's where the whole uh, area was. And you know, we began to see one, there was no competition. The larger companies ha- had failed to impress anyone and didn't have the know-how. Two, we had the know-how, but we didn't have the product. But now we we knew that every single person we talked to uh, in the ISPs was excited about having it. In fact, some of them, Andrew, were so excited that they offered to help us, literally help us construct what the product was oh wow or it
0: wow well you know you talk to 300 customers is that you know a good ideal number to talk to or would you say you know some companies really don't need to talk to that many some need to talk to more is there an ideal number for you for so we tried to talk to 300 we ended up in 150
1: still 150 is a large number it's uh quite a large number you know, I don't know if there's a magic number. 150 when divided amongst you know five or six people doing it is you can do the arithmetic. And I'll tell you, you know, doing one or two talks is not sufficient. Uh, doing 150 uh talks is uh much better. Could we have stopped at 50? Yeah, possibly. But the other the other thing that We were acquiring when we were talking to the 150 is customers, right? We had already done our first sales calls. All of these people wanted the product, and then a handful, maybe three of them, said, "Come on over. We'll kind of help you design the product because we know exactly what we need." So now we have the customers designing the product, literally on a napkin in a restaurant in Washington D.C., and they. And we started with our old box, the video box. They said, well, show, show, show me what the video box looks like. So we literally laid out the inside of the video box and what it had in it. And they go, oh, wow, wow, this is cool. We can use all of this stuff. And all you have to do is add this on and run TCP IP in here and then we'll be in business. So they were, they were putting together a prototype, rapid prototype uh, with us. You may or may not have found those three if you stopped at an earlier number. Those three, not only did they do that. Now, this is, this is for the entire enchilada, Andrew. They also gave me a check. Each of them oh. gave me a check oh. for two units, which was, I think, a $100,000 check for two units, which I promised never to cash. But why did I take the check? Well, checks are nice, you know, for one thing. But the second, the second reason is I could wave the checks around in front of the board members and say, there has to be something here, right? I mean, there's a with all this horse shit, there must be a pony underneath all of this. So, you know, here are the checks. Well, yeah, the board was impressed. In fact, they were so impressed that they took the phone numbers down. Uh, And called those people, you know, they wanted to know what kind of, you know, game was going on. So they literally called the the people that wrote the the checks, and they got, they got fired up, the board got fired up about the opportunity.
0: That's great. So, you know, how many questions would you go in asking a customer, would you ask them, you know, the exact same questions? Or uh, would you tailor it to them? No, I would, we would have
1: four uh, canonical questions for that. We would ask all of, you know, four or five that we would ask all of them. And this had to do with competition, their extinction, you know, things like that. And we wanted to get their answers to see whether only a handful of them were going out of business or, or all of them saw this dire need and I would recommend to any team on doing a walkabout, they come up with their own four. But you're trying to figure out a couple of things, aren't you? One is you're trying to figure out do the dogs want the dog food, right? How, How much do the dogs want the dog food? Will they pay for the dog food even before you have the dog food in a can, you know? those That's interesting questions, right? If the answer is, yeah, they want the dog food, and some of them are going to pay for it so you can build the dog food. This is kind of an interesting business, right, that you're in. And the third is, well, is anyone else producing dog food? your competitors? Well, no, nobody else is doing that, and, and they can't they can't do it because. Those are three questions that if you get to the bottom of them with enough people, you realize either, I don't have a chance in here because they don't care about what I have and they wouldn't pay shit for it or and there was other people doing something similar or, or already or in our case it reinforced our decision process right it reinforced
0: it so after you're finished with your walkabout what do you do with all that data
1: So the data we got back was we found other criteria that that came out from the accounts. We added those criteria back into the decision matrix. And just for the fun of it, we ran the decision matrix over again with the team scoring the new criteria, okay? Which they were happy at that point to do because it was kind of finishing it up. And then we cranked it out. And yeah, of course, uh, the number one still was the, internet infrastructure. But it was number one now by a huge amount. I mean, it blew the others away. So we were feeling that our hypothesis was good. The walkabout really reinforced the hypothesis. So now we're right on the cusp of getting the board to say, "Okay, we're going to give you money and time and permission, if you will, to go build stuff in this area.
0: Well, that's great. You know, did you have any inkling that this idea was a multi-billion dollar idea at that time? Absolutely not.
1: (laughs) What I had an inkling of is that it may have forestalled the uh, the board selling my company for nothing. Nothing with respect to the employees and the founders. Um, That I had an inkling of. Uh, But did I have an inkling that it would have been one of the most legendary companies of all of all time and the legendary sale of of all time no of course not (laughs) yeah anybody that tells you that is fibbing
0: (laughs) that's great well rob you know i think we're just about out of time today but this has been a great conversation about the walkabout and you know next week we're going to be talking about king up which is a really fun uh business strategy phase of sunflower Um, But thanks for joining us, everyone, on Sunflower Podcast. I'm Andrew Olson. Been here with co-host Rob Ryan. Um, Go ahead and follow us on LinkedIn at The Sunflower Academy. You can also follow Rob on LinkedIn at uh, Rob Ryan. If you have a question for Rob that you'd like to have answered here on the air, go ahead and message us at The Sunflower Academy. We'll try to get that answered here. Uh, Go ahead and check us out on our website, sunfloweracademy.com. We have a lot of great uh, visuals surrounding the sunflower model and other uh, business strategies. Um, Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you next time.